0: Broadcasting to New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Sydney, London, and around the world, this is Trumpet Radio Live.
1: Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio Live on 101.3 KPCG and online as well coming up on today's program uh, headlines to look at some interesting stories including uh, a look at a really uh, interesting event with the moon that's happening at the end of this month you might want to take a look at that if you're uh, into uh, looking up at the sky at those sorts of things also look at the trumpet.com and the trumpet daily radio show and talk also about time management never enough time right always uh, more to do than uh, time to do it we'll take a look at some ways to uh, manage your time that and more on this edition of trumpet radio live This is Trumpet Radio Live. Thanks for joining us here on Trumpet Radio at 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm. I'm Dwight Falk. Grant Turgeon's here today as well. And uh, lots to talk about on today's program, some interesting headlines to look at, and then uh, we'll talk about some uh, ways to manage time, hopefully. That's a complaint you hear from many people not enough time, especially probably as you get older and get more responsibilities. And then, uh, as people become even older still, then they become time affluent, as they call them, where they have too much time. Actually, so it's hard. It's hard to strike the right balance.
0: It really is. I mean, I mean, time is something where we all have the same amount technically, but there are so many distractions that pull for that time. I mean, pretty much every advertisement requires. pretty large time commitment if you wanted to follow through with whatever it shows you on TV. I mean, if it's advertising a restaurant, you have to get in the car, you have to drive there, you have to spend an hour there, then drive back home. If it's a product, obviously you're going to be spending time with whatever that product is. Uh, There's things that are pulling you in all different directions, so it's pretty difficult to use the time the right way.
1: Yeah, well, and that's always the uh, sort of the hook on a lot of fitness exercises, right? You buy this machine 10 minutes a day, you look like this model that we hired <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like how could how could 10 minutes how how is that even possible you could go full out for 10 minutes i don't know that that would work but
0: um i don't know maybe uh, some people shouldn't go full out for 10 minutes and the models like i promise, this is the only thing i did to get to get this body that i have You just sat in this chair and rocked they you know you have those like
1: <laughs> ab crunchers and stuff where uh, i don't know if you've seen that one but that it's like a machine to help you do sit ups mm-hmm. i think you can do sit ups for free can't you just you should be able to. <laughs> All kinds of advertisements out there for things to save time, uh, and uh, well, a lot of times, actually, the the more people are trying to save time, the worse things get. You know, you can think of food. Even you know, if you want fast food or you want like a microwavable dinner or something,
0: uh, the results of that are usually pretty horrific. That's that's true. I mean, the, it, the more we want to cut back, sometimes we cut back on the essentials. You don't ever want to cut back on diet because uh, that's going to lead to, like you said, just eating a lot of junk food. If you cut back on exercise, you're going to be trying all these five or 10-minute gimmicks that will, in the end, basically just cost you a lot of money and probably not get you the results that you're looking for. I mean, the list just goes on and on with that.
1: Yeah, so at the end of uh, today's program, we'll be taking a look at some ways, uh, some good tips on how to make the most of uh, your time. Uh, They uh, announced the uh, NBA All-Stars. For this year, if you're a sports fan, and uh, it's kind of different this year. They're actually picking like they pick teams. They pick sides instead of it being just, just uh, whatever conference you're in you'd play. Uh, but uh, the Thunder, Paul George, he did not get on the team. He was not picked as a reserve, and Russell Westbrook was upset. And then he took a shot at the uh, the Warriors over it because <laughs> the Warriors have four players on their team. Did, what did he say exactly about them? Well, he just said, well, there's some teams have four players, you know, and then, you know, other teams don't. And uh, I think it's a fair point because not if you look at all those guys that
0: made it from the Warriors, or not
1: all of them are probably all-stars, probably two of them.
0: Exactly. The other, I was, the that's what really stood out to me when looking at the list. Like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green this yeah. year in particular just don't deserve to be there but they are on it because they're on the, the best team right now. Um, Steven Adams, in every way, is better than Draymond Green. And that's been the case for a couple years now, but he never gets even close to making the all-star team. So if we're going to have all things even, why not just have both of them miss? I think that would be more fair. Clay Thompson, you know, he's not shot as well this year. He's, he's down compared to usual. Meanwhile, you have Paul George just single-handedly rip the Cavaliers apart, so... There, there has to be some sort of uh, sanity to this, and even Carmelo Anthony, I think, has been better than Klay Thompson. It's hard to uh, it's, people always feel left
1: out. There's always somebody that doesn't make it whenever you're giving out the awards. There's <laughs> always and there's fair arguments that could be made, so it's it's subjective, I guess, in a lot of ways. But uh, that's coming up here in a little bit. Of course, the Super Bowl is coming up as well, and uh, there was uh, a write up about. Um, this uh, vet, pro veterans group wanted to do an ad for uh, encouraging people to stand for the national anthem, and they're wow. not allowed to do that. So the NFL said they don't they, they didn't want to get into politics. It's a little late, isn't it? And haven't they haven't they been in the the mix with politics here for quite some time?
0: They really do seem to have that whole issue backward because you know even the Dallas Cowboys wanted to have that pro police decal after that shooting in Dallas that killed some of the officers, and um, you know. They they didn't allow, the NFL didn't allow that. Um, it's it just every single time that it comes down on a conservative, you know, traditional pro-law enforcement, pro-patriotism side, the NFL is against it for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, because, because I think there's a very clear leaning uh, as to what direction some of
0: these organizations want to go. Uh, so, Haven't you seen they had that initiative where they're giving, like, $80 million to all these different, Social justice causes now because the league, some of the players in the league met with them. I mean, again, we're just advancing this myth of police brutality and and how there are racial inequities in the system that are holding minorities down. Just just because there's players upset about it, then the NFL just goes along with it, no problem.
1: Well, it's even happened in the Oscars, and I know this is all kind of trivial stuff, but still. To where they they give the nominations, and I don't have I don't keep up with that too much, but I just saw a few headlines about it, and and some people that they feel like were probably deserving aren't nominated because they may they've been accused of something, and which you know okay maybe that's legitimate, but then they're excited about nominating all these f- extreme elements, you know the the people that are really pushing the boundaries, and quite frankly in just very immoral ways, and celebrating that, and so uh you know what's being rewarded what's being pushed is whatever is further away from <laughs> the established normal which usually in most cases is, is is better even if it's not exactly right it's better it's closer to what god's law would be than say you know where where the directions leading but that's being celebrated even in things like the entertainments and so forth so it's uh, it, there's a very clear movement away from anything that would be considered conservative but really what they're looking at is anything that's would get back to the Bible in any way. I don't know that they think of it in that way, but that's what's happening. And and that's the rewarding those that get further
0: and further away from that standard. I happened to walk by a TV in a hotel lobby recently that was showing CNN and they had this, I guess the Chiron said, you know, women dominate the uh, award selections. And I just immediately thought, well, why does it matter which gender wins more of the awards? Shouldn't we be focused more on you know, the content of what was produced and, and almost across the board, the content is trash, whether a man or a woman produces it these days. It's not worthy of any kind of an award.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever read, say, a book. Now, normally, you know the author because you've paid attention to who wrote it. But let's say, you know, you're reading a story. Maybe it's a short story and or, or you watch something. And you think, that was really great. I never think. I wonder if it was a man or a woman that made that. <laughs> And it's never even occurred to me. Or but the color of their skin no, or whatever
0: it might be. So it was a good story. I liked it. Exactly. It's all, it's all about what you produce, or it should be, uh, but it's not anymore. Uh, the content of your character should be more important than the color of your skin or your gender. Uh, what you're producing, what you're contributing to society should be more important than the color of your skin or your gender, but it just doesn't seem to be anymore. Things are moving in that direction. There's uh, Here's something that's pretty interesting. This is from AccuWeather.
1: If you're, uh, if you're a stargazer. You like to pay attention to the sky. Uh, Super blue moon to coincide with lunar eclipse for the first time in 150 years. We mentioned this a while back, but we're getting closer to it. Uh, A blue moon, a super moon, and a lunar eclipse will all fall on the same night at the end of January in an event that hasn't happened in over 150 years. So I'm going to take a guess that there's no one living on Earth right now that was there for the last one. (laughs) Although they always find somebody that, you know, is living in a remote part of the world and it say, nobody knows how old they are, so <laughs> maybe somebody does remember it, but I don't think so. This is a, the chance of a lifetime here. These three lunar events separately are not uncommon, but it is rare for all three to occur at the same time. The last time that there was a blue moon, a super moon, and a total lunar eclipse at the same time for North America was on March 31st, 1866. A little before my time. <laughs> a few years before my time. So uh, this is going to happen on uh, January the 31st, 30, that evening, 30th into the 31st. Uh, blood Moon, that's the name given to a moon during a total lunar eclipse when the moon appears red in color. Supermoon is a full moon that appears larger and brighter than a typical full moon, and a blue moon is a name given to the second full moon in a calendar month. A blue moon does not appear (laughs) the color blue. That would be hard. (laughs) It's a red moon, but it's a blue moon. Uh, Look at the blue moon. It's red. Uh, (laughs) So those are the three, and they're all happening, and that's going to be on the evening of Tuesday, January the 30th, and uh, set around daybreak on Wednesday, January 31st. So that will be the evening, the 30th into the 31st where you can see this amazing event first time in 150 years.
0: So it's going to be red, large and the second full moon in 1 month all at the same time. Yeah,
1: wow. and, and uh and uh a lunar eclipse as well. So wow. all of that's in there. There's a lot happening that evening. They say people all across North America will be able to see the moonlight up the night sky, as, of course, as long as there's not clouds and so forth, but only those in the central and western parts of the continent will be able to see a total lunar eclipse. I think here in Oklahoma we should be able to see it if uh, if I understand the map correctly. And they say for most of the night, the moon will appear its normal color. However, during the pre-dawn hours on January 31st, the moon will turn a rusty orange or red color as it passes into the Earth's shadow. During a total lunar eclipse, the moon passes through the darkest part of the Earth's shadow. Unlike a total solar eclipse, which lasts only minutes, this will last for several hours. So if you get, I don't, they say pre-dawn, so that could be a lot of things, but early. <laughs> uh, if you want to get up early and maybe take a peek at it, it's kind
0: of a neat opportunity. Yeah, those are the things that can convince some of us to actually go outside and look, even if we're not uh, you know, usually into those types of things. If it's If it's something that's really rare, and really special, um, hopefully a lot of people go out and are able to see that, even, even just sometimes when you see a full moon by itself or a red moon by itself, uh, that's incredible enough, let alone having all those different factors at once. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: There's a song by Nick Drake, Pink Moon. What's a pink moon? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not so I like the song. I don't know what a pink moon is, though. But, uh, yeah, and unlike the solar eclipse, to my knowledge, you don't need special glasses. You can just eyeball it <laughs> like normal. Uh, so that'd be kind of neat to see. It is amazing when you have a really, really bright full moon. I mean, you can you can almost see like it's daytime. It's not, of course, that extreme, but but you can see pretty well. So this mm-hmm. this will be kind of neat to check it out. Again, that's uh, going to be January 30th and into daybreak on the 31st tuesday into wednesday that'll be next week which we have uh the the russian uh ballet is going to be here at armstrong auditorium right for those times too so maybe the russians will like to watch the super moon uh <laughs> red moon and the lunar eclipse and
0: blue moon with us maybe we'll do it during intermission i'll go outside and check it out go out and view <laughs> it that's pretty cool yeah i wonder we should we should tell them when they come through uh I assume
1: they speak. I haven't talked to them, but I assume they speak English. I don't know. At least one of them must. Somebody must. I don't know how to say this in Russian. Uh, here's an interesting story. This is, uh, it's kind of humorous, I guess. It's from the Daily Caller. They're having their, their big uh, scientist uh, convention out there in Davos where they're talking about global warming. And scientists get buried in snow at Davos <laughs> while lecturing on global warming. There was so much snow authorities evacuated some neighborhoods due to avalanche concerns. <laughs> global elites headed to the conference had to uh force their way through heavy snowdrifts. So they always, they set up this camp, it's they call it like the Arctic camp and they they want people to come there and and see like I guess apparently what the Arctic will be like with global warming, you know, it's going to be worse. It's going to be
0: bad and they so they got buried in snow. <laughs> it's kind of hard for those elites to keep getting rich off of this scheme whenever it's whenever you can't convince the people that it's real anymore you know what they called it <laughs> they called it the gore effect
1: <laughs> which uh, just by context i'm guessing they mean that whenever he says the opposite
0: happens
1: <laughs> so i don't mean to poke fun too much but i mean uh, it is a little humorous when they're talking about you know global warming they get buried in snow you might think I don't. You know, there might be something to just consider. they like, "What do we know? What we're doing?" <laughs> I mean, you know, like you say, it's it's hard to sell people on it when you're talking about the dangers of global warming and then you're you're buried in snow. I just, I don't know. You know, I've got a, a oceanfront property in Arizona, right? <laughs>
0: so I thought that was kind of a funny one. That is really funny, and uh, the thing with global warming and climate change that we've talked about many times is that the science is truly inconclusive either there are studies that back it up because they've been you know they've been paid to back it up or people who are looking at it independently say that there's not enough of a pattern or enough proof that this is a real dangerous trend but people just keep on going along with it even though there's not any real evidence of it and the problem is too that the the ones who are agreeing with it just viciously attack anyone who doesn't agree with it that's why probably some people just go along with it anyway you know there's a couple of good
1: ideas here for money making uh it would be funny to sell big parka jackets that said let say like beware global warming on the back. <laughs> <laughs> or the other idea would be some sort of a climate change uh, jacket where no matter what happens you can adjust for it. Like you can take the <laughs> sleeves off, you might be able to have an umbrella. You might, just whatever is going to happen, it's like the utility knife
0: of uh, jackets. So whatever whatever climate change is coming, you're ready for it. Exactly what they do with the supposed theory. They just they change the definition of it or the explanation for it no matter what the weather is <laughs> <laughs> the, the gore effect that
1: was pretty funny <laughs> so that's going on uh, a lot of snow out there they had, u.s news released uh, their best country survey recently the united states has slipped in this year's u.s news best countries ranking hard to say who votes on these but dropping to the number eight spot after falling one position from the 2017 ranking Uh, Switzerland, They say an island of stable prosperity in a world of turmoil remains the best country, according to a global survey of more than 21,000 persons. One piece of good news for the U.S., the country is seen as the number two country overall for education. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Even so, U.S. higher education industry experts worry the country is becoming a less attractive destination for international students, partly because of U.S. immigration policies. I don't think it's got anything to do with it. Um, unless they're planning to come here and then t- just hide and take yeah. off. If they're coming here legally, those policies don't mean anything to them.
0: Well, some of these universities here have had like a sanctuary campus policy where, I mean, it just makes you think that probably some of them are studying here illegally. I don't know why a university would ever take them in, but if if that's what they're doing, maybe the immigration policies would change some of their student demographics. You'd think Russia would want to send their students over.
1: They get their best possible education here oh, yeah. in the U.S. because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a
0: Russian education in most cases, right? It's communist. <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: well, know, that's in kind a lot of ways. yeah. That's kind of how it got this way. I mean, a lot of the professors in this country over the last decades have kind of been sponsored by the Soviets. So that's it's just right in line with that. Even even like this this foreign exchange student program is like a way of infiltrating it's all it does all get back to communism and you see how far left a lot of these different uh, classes are that these students are taking and how they're so indoctrinated now uh, you can definitely say that the communist strategy has been working
1: yeah so it's kind of interesting to see the um, uh, what nations are considered to be you know uh, the good ones and the bad ones so uh, not the eighth is that bad I guess but uh, uh, it's a little bit different. You know what's interesting too, though, is is Switzerland is considered the best nation, a stable nation. You ever look at the breakdown of uh, Switzerland and who lives there? No, it's uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of racial diversity. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I mean, it just sort of flies in the face of some other other uh, uh, thinking, like you know, well, you have to have all this diversity, and, you, and that's what makes nations strong. And then they name Switzerland the best nation in the world. And uh, they're not as
0: nearly as diverse as others, <laughs> at, l- at least not the U.S. Well, maybe they should be punished on the list then. I mean, that's how it usually goes. If they they make diversity the most important bit of criteria, and then if you don't match up, apparently, then you're not such a great place to be. Ethnic groups, they say it's 65
1: percent German, 18 percent French, 10 percent Italian, uh, and then 6 percent other. So they're pretty pretty much uh, <laughs> Eastern or, or pretty much European there. Uh, in that nation, so for whatever it's worth, it's just interesting to look at that because you would think that, you know, complete integration, complete diversity is the the absolute peak of the human experiment, and yet, on their own lists, at least this one, the <laughs> the nation considered the best is the
0: one of the, that's not all that diverse. So, just interesting to look at that. Uh, yeah, the thing is, diversity is often equated with anti-racism, which is why people say they're in favor of it, but in practical terms. Uh, whenever you try to be totally diverse and bring all these different uh, peoples here, it doesn't work in any situation, whether it's here or any other nation in the world. If you're if you're just importing millions of foreigners who do not want to speak the language, who do not want to assimilate into the culture in any way, that is destructive to any nation in the world. It's not just here. It's not just with uh, racial groups. It's at different ethnicities and cultures that uh, don't mix well together. Yeah, I mean, even this this recent situation with the uh, government
1: shutdown that lasted about three days, I guess it was, and uh, and over the weekend too. Aren't they always shut down over the weekend? <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, the the Democrats didn't really get what they wanted. They wanted to, you know, get all this immigration stuff going, and so these uh, the Dreamers or whatever they they're called they um, they've been quite upset, and they've actually come against um, who was it Chuck Schumer? Is he the mm-hmm. one? They said they're not going to let it, let him rest. They're going to go to his house and all that. And I thought, wow. Um, is, is that, is that what it comes to? Like if you don't get what you want, when you want it, you're coming. I mean, wow. that's, that's not a good way to represent yourself
0: in another nation. How smugly entitled is that? I mean, we've talked about it before, but if I tried to sneak into Brazil or somewhere else, I would expect to get thrown out the day that they found out I wasn't supposed to be there. And yet here are people who have in many cases been here for several decades, uh, because they were brought here as children. And they're demanding to be allowed to stay. They've already stayed decades longer than anyone else from their, uh, their, in, in, uh, I guess their original nations. So they've had that benefit of being in the greatest country in the world for quite some time. Uh, to be finally sent back all these decades later is no injustice whatsoever. And if and if there
1: is, let's say, <clears throat> some sort of a compromise that they're trying to work out, you know, you'd think it'd be better to represent yourself in a very lawful way and say, okay, you know tell us what it would take or what process could we go through to, you know, earn citizenship or something like that. But uh, instead of threatening and protesting, and, you know, that that doesn't, it's not good. But that's kind of what's being, well, it's what's being taught in some colleges, right? I mean, if you don't like the way something is, you just make a a big noise
0: about it until you force people to change uh, their ways. And look, they're totally directing their anger at the wrong people. I mean, if anyone wants them to be allowed to stay, it is the democrats i mean that's there's no doubt about that and to blame government officials isn't the best path to take because who brought them here it was either their parents or some sort of relatives or even like human traffickers prob- probably brought some of them here that they the dreamers at this point are just suffering for the sins of whoever brought them here illegally in the first place uh, it's not the fault of the government that other people decided to break the law to bring them here. Uh, even even in a biblical sense, uh, if, if the parents do something wrong, that, that affects the children and the children's children and, and on and on for generations sometimes. That's just a biblical principle. That's a common sense principle. If your parents make mistakes, sometimes you have to suffer for it too. Yeah,
1: it's a bad situation, no doubt. Uh, a couple other key findings in this 2018 Best Country survey is uh, terrorism, income, inequality, and climate change remain the top issues that survey respondents want their leaders to prioritize and tackle. Um, yeah, terrorism, that's definitely an issue. I don't think the other two are, are issues, not <laughs> like they're trying to make them out to be. How about Iran getting a nuclear
0: weapon? How about North Korea threatening the world? Uh, those issues? Yeah, climate change is n- is not what it's cracked up to be. Income inequality, well it's unfair that I'm not getting paid like an NBA player. <laughs> How about that? I mean, is are we all going to complain that we don't get paid enough or should we do something about it? Also, a majority of survey
1: survey respondents said religion is a primary source of most global conflict today. Ooh, which is <laughs> true in a lot of ways actually. If you look at some of the conflicts, uh, the discontent driving populism and nationalism remains strong. Fewer survey respondents this year see themselves as citizens of the world versus their country compared to last year. Fifty-two percent and fifty-eight percent in twenty seventeen. Are you a citizen of the world or of your country? <laughs> You're a citizen of your country. Yeah, That's, you, you, there's no global citizenship that I'm aware of that you yeah. can carry around a pass.
0: Citizen of the world is an entirely. Figurative term, I love travel as much as anyone, but it's it's to go there temporarily. I can't go anywhere in the world and then just decide to live there one day overnight without you know going through all of the bureaucracy to do that uh, in practical terms, we're all just citizens of our own countries. There is a push though to break the the barriers of nations down i mean that's what a lot of global elites are trying to do
1: yeah, one other thing found from the survey is that technology. And the Internet draw mixed views. 73% agree that the Internet is making them act more like global citizens (laughs) because they can tweet (laughs) about things in other nations, I guess. But 77% believe that their privacy is at risk. Another 73% believe technology is displacing jobs. So kind of interesting. Some of the findings from the uh, U.S. News Best Country Survey, and uh, that's what some people think anyway. Uh, make sure you check out thetrumpet.com today. Top story, UK poll, God seems not to be listening. That's uh, right up by Callum Wood. A recent survey indicates that many believe God is unable or unwilling to hear them. Well, there's another
0: question maybe there. Are we willing to hear him? <laughs> <laughs> that might be something to think about. Exactly. Are we willing to <laughs> repent of our sins and actually start obeying him again? I mean, we're talking about global citizenship. God is the only one who would make this uh, a habitable world for, for more than the next uh, couple of generations. I mean, we're on the brink of uh, destruction of all human life as it is right now. And look how many horrible national regimes there are all over the world. If, if at this point we got rid of national boundaries and then just trusted in one human government there's a fantastic chance that the people in charge of the entire world are going to be incredibly corrupt. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I, we, don't, we don't want a situation like that unless God's in charge. the The reality is, though, right now this is actually Satan's world. Maybe that's why people don't understand why their prayers aren't always being heard. There's two related write-ups to this
1: that are featured there. Is God answering America's prayers and are your prayers being answered? Really good write-ups. There's been, well, there's there's sort of a revival, I guess, maybe, if you want to call it that, uh, in the U.S. to some extent. Uh, and then, you know, even when you look at some of the hurricanes, you know, people get together and they want to have prayers about it. And uh, anytime tragedy strikes or calamity strikes, people do, a lot of people get together and they want to pray about it. But, but then the question is, are the prayers being answered? You know, I mean, it, even yesterday they had that school shooting there in Kentucky. I think two ended up being killed overall, last I saw anyway, and... You know, it didn't even really make the news as much as it should have. It was just kind of a blip on the radar. But uh, after every one of those, I've always seen a lot of prayers and prayer groups and that type of thing being on the media. But but these things keep happening still. So, I mean, I, I can see where people are asking that question. Well, are, are prayers individually or America's collectively, are they being answered? It's worth looking into.
0: That's true. And, and that article does bring out some staggering statistics uh, from Britain specifically that, Well, for one thing, only half the population even prays at all in the first place. But then even beyond that, it's only about 20% or less in every situation that actually agrees that their prayers are changing their own lives or changing the world or impacting other people around them in a positive way. People just, they're praying, but they don't believe, which is very different from the way that Jesus Christ always prayed, knowing that God heard him always and he would answer. Yeah. And what did Christ say, you know? Uh, not
1: just people that say, Lord, Lord, <laughs> are going to uh, enter into the kingdom, but those who do the will of his father.
0: So it's, uh, there's two parts to that equation. <laughs> yeah, it takes it always takes action, which is the part that is a lot harder to apply. Right.
1: Also make sure you stop and check out uh, the Trumpet Daily Radio Show. Listen for that today, or you can find it at the archives online at thetrumpet.com and kpcg.fm. Uh, collusion against President Trump. From the media and the last administration, there's a lot of interesting stories that have come out, not in the U.S. press, because they don't want to talk about it, but where the members of the former administration are going around trying to sabotage what the current president's doing. Uh, And it's not they're not guessing. I mean, they know that things have been happening there. So really amazing. And and it's so interesting, too, when you um, check different news sites because you know what the leanings are of certain ones. And and. uh with this whole Russian collusion thing, which I think everybody knows is just a, well, I, I shouldn't say everybody, but I think it's becoming more and more clear. This is just a waste of time and a setup, uh, against the president. And, uh, but you go to some websites and they're keep talking about it. Like, Oh, Oh, we're, they're really getting down to the nitty gritty. Here's some of the headlines from today. Uh, evidence suggests massive scandal brewing at the FBI secret society held offsite meetings, uh, five months of missing messages. Agent texted about deleting text, threats of violence, jaw-dropping revelations. Attorney General orders a probe, knives out for bureau. Voters call for a special prosecutor to investigate the FBI. So even the FBI, they've had all these, what they call it, the secret society meeting and planning and scheming and all that. You want to talk about collusion. Yeah, there's a lot of collusion going on, but it's uh, not what some of the media is reporting.
0: Yeah, a lot of our federal law enforcement agencies have, have proven themselves to have a slant or to only be pursuing certain people on one side of the political aisle and not really the other. Why is it that Robert Mueller's special investigation team has all top-level Democrats and people who donate to the Democratic Party and not a single one who, who has ever donated to the Republicans? I mean, that does seem like it's quite a biased attack force, really. Yeah, and it's uh
1: people are obviously working together on some level to just cause trouble and, and as mister Stephen Fleury points out on the Trumpet Daily Radio show, uh there some of these officials are going around to other leaders of nations and saying, Well, you know, uh we'll get him out of there, don't worry about it or uh uh you know, don't you know, don't come against the US as a nation, but you know, certainly come against the leader. Well you can't separate the two. And and that they're fooling themselves. And how divisive, you know, what what, what a mockery it is on the world stage to to be doing these things. And yet, and it's pretty clear, uh, I think, what's happening in a lot of cases, but yet uh, there's like this fog here in the U.S. where depending on where people go to get their news or what the common thinking is, I guess, that people would subscribe to, uh, they
0: believe all kinds
1: of things that just absolutely aren't true about the current administration.
0: And a lot of leftist leaders, like you said, have been, uh, talking to other national governments, and they've been they've been excited to see that uh, some other nations are anti-Trump, I guess you could say. But what they don't realize, like Mr. Flory brought out in on a radio program last week, is that Germany in general is anti-America that throughout, throughout all history, even under the surface today. They're not just anti-Trump, but no matter who the leader is, same thing with Russia. They're not just anti-Trump, but whoever it might be after him they're going to be pursuing america they're going to be trying to undermine america any way they can because they have eyes on global domination
1: yeah the the article that's mentioned in today's show is from the jerusalem post and uh, you can find it there you're not going to see it really anywhere else at least not in uh, us sites but carry to a boss uh, confident stay strong and do not give in to trump the former us secretary of state also surprised uh, by saying he was going to run for president in 2020, so we can all think about that. But uh, anyway, this is a really in-depth write-up. It's at the Jerusalem Post, and it talks about you know what Kerry's, uh John Kerry's doing and running around, and uh, it's it's their write-up, and it's it's uh, you know it's not guesswork, and so that's that's what you have happening. And uh, it's really quite a shocking article.
0: You should really stop and check it out. It's at the Jerusalem Post. Carry to a boss confidant. Stay strong. Do not give in to Trump. Those, these leaders of the past administration have forgotten that they're out of office now. They don't have any sort of diplomatic role or any ties to other nations that they should be pursuing. Uh, they're out of office, and it's because the people are tired of the way that they led they don't represent the nation anymore they don't have any authority whatsoever i've even heard some some details and it seems pretty murky about just the fact that barack obama never left washington dc after leaving the white house he's still living nearby he still has a lot of people working for him uh you have to think that he doesn't like the president obviously so what if he is actually actively working to undermine the president from the very same city yeah you make a really good point there that these leaders or these former leaders they're
1: voted they're voted out somebody else came in that's the way it works and they don't care about the good of the people of the United States they care about their agenda or staying in power or whatever it might be and i know that's probably the case with a lot of leaders just because of the society we live in but but still there's no thought there about what is the good of the country and they just they're out for themselves and their own ideas and and that's you know that's not the way it's supposed to be set up now there's always been corruption in politics <laughs> that that's just unfortunately the way it goes but but it is uh oh i don't know it's just very selfish to not not be concerned with your nation and the good of the nation, but to be concerned with the self first
0: right and it's pretty clear on the left that they are concerned with self first I mean you can't think of a single democrat policy that actually benefits american citizens above illegal aliens or you know does it benefit law enforcement over the criminals they are doing a lot of things to undermine the country and it's for votes it's for money it's for power it's pretty clear that that's what they're going after and to then go around the world and try to undermine us internationally as well i mean that you have to you have to say that the radical left is the enemy of this country and they have to be defeated.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Meanwhile, some good news, uh, and and this is kind of the the flip side of the coin. You have uh, certainly the liberal media very much trying to attack the president, but then the reality is, even if it's just for a short time, the economy is doing better. Disney hands out 125 million dollars in employee bonuses, and they credit the Trump tax cuts. The one-time $1,000 cash bonus will be distributed in two payments of $500, the 1st of March, the 2nd in September. All U.S.-based Disney employees, including Mickey and Minnie Mouse, <laughs> either hourly or salaried who have been with the Walt Disney Company since January 1st of this year are eligible. Wow. That's th- there's companies doing that. They get a tax cut. They're willing to do a little more business here. They're handing out money to their employees. Now, wait a second, though. I thought the 1% caused all the problems. <laughs> I hope the owners of these companies were the problems for everything. I don't see anyone crying when they hand them the thousand dollar bonus <laughs> check. No one's protesting then.
0: Yeah, it's all. It's almost like we forget sometimes that these one percenters are the ones who provide all the jobs. I mean,
1: they provide a hundred percent of your income. They
0: sure do. I mean, that's there's no no need to be complaining about something like that when they got to the top in in m- most cases probably by just working hard and doing it the right way, a- and instead of trying to stir up jealousy toward those people why not just be thankful that that they hire us and that they give us bonuses from time to time and why not just work hard and try to move your way up the ladder the right way instead of trying to steal from someone who's already up there yeah and the funny thing too about some of the protests against
1: the 1% now we haven't seen that in a while but uh back when that was a little more of a popular thing i think the reality is there are a lot of those people are paid to protest yeah. Uh because and that's common uh people get paid to go around and protest things. And who's paying them? It's the 1%. It's <laughs> there are people with the deep pockets that are trying to stir things up and uh, the 1% pay people to protest the 1%. It's just not their 1%, the other 1%. So uh, it's 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 pretty uh
0: pretty hypocritical to say the least. Exactly. There has been proof of that whether it's at some sort of anti-law enforcement protest after one of these highly publicized shootings. Uh, George Soros has been involved with quite a few of these uh, protest movements with the sole purpose of just destabilizing the country. The reason for that is that, well, a lot of these elites think that they can seize power when things fall apart. Now, that's just, that doesn't align with Bible prophecy, though, because prophecy says that America will collapse and be conquered in that time instead of taken taken over by these elites. To your point, there's a headline from uh, Drudge Report today that they featured.
1: Uh, Soros spent record amount lobbying during Trump first year. You don't say. Well, well, well. <laughs> so there's a lot of money floating around out there to to uh, cause
0: uh, disunity and, and other problems. Could any of that money ever make its way into some of these mainstream media companies? I don't see why not. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I
1: imagine there's quite a trail there if anyone ever cared <laughs> to take a look. Uh, You're listening to Trump Radio Live here on 101.3 KPCG and uh, online also at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at kpcg.fm. And if you'd like to email the show, you can uh, send those comments to comments at kpcg.fm. Happy to take a look at those uh, for you. I'm Dwight Falk and Grant Turgeon here today as well. Uh, being Wednesday, of course, is the trumpet hour. Week in review, or not the Week in review. Sorry, I was already trying to get to Friday. <clears throat> That's Friday's version. The Wednesday version is the trumpet hour program. So make sure you listen for that today. Lots of uh, interesting topics, including a uh, story about religious freedom. Uh, the, the it seems ridiculous to even talk about, but it's a big thing. Is the the bakery? You know, can they bake a cake for somebody if if they don't believe and if they believe in uh, traditional marriage? Can they? Uh, make a cake for homosexuals you know it's come to that now and so andrew miller talks about that but it, it does it does weigh on religious freedom so he talks about that in the program today make sure you listen free make sure you listen for that also uh dennis sleep host of uh, just the best literature talks about the new year's resolutions and the uh, idea of improving yourself and bettering yourself and then the uh there's some good nutritional information there about uh, baby food <laughs> so, because you have babies, you have a baby, Grant. You have to uh, feed it something. That's so, right.
0: So you got to be careful what you feed it. Can't, they can't eat Doritos all day, <laughs> uh, though. They might try. <laughs> they might, they will try to. <laughs> they will try. They'll put to. anything in their mouth, but it's not always the best thing. You have to be really careful about that. Yeah. So good information there in the trumpet hour program today. Make sure you listen for that. Do you have? Do you guys put? Did you put the plugs on your uh, outlets and stuff? I have. I think I ran out, so I have a couple other outlets to uh, cover. But she hasn't even started crawling right yet, she's so. not even mobile so hopefully i can get those before she starts doing the, that there's all kinds of things you have
1: to stop and think about when you've got the little the mm-hmm. little babies that they do get get involved in and there's that one and some if you have two if you have a two-story then you have to do the little baby gate so they can't
0: get up the stairs mm-hmm. and because they, they'll maneuver around they'll they'll get places you don't expect yeah sometimes i think that she's really learning a lot really quickly which is true i mean babies do learn at a faster rate than any of us and and she she kind of has learned to mirror her facial expressions uh, to fit in with whoever she's around. But at the same time, like she doesn't know that sticking so- certain things in your mouth will probably kill you or touching an outlet will, will hurt you badly. Uh, there are a lot of things that where they just don't realize how easily they could harm themselves, and they pull for it really hard, and they yeah. try to resist you as you take it away from them not realizing that we're actually saving their lives. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> don't you understand
1: what's happening?
0: <laughs> well, there's a great there's a great lesson in that because, you know, uh, as a
1: parent, then you think about God, right? You know, we do the same sort of thing to him where he's like, I'm trying to help you out here. Right. I don't want you to hurt yourself. And, and we're pulling hard the other way sometimes. So yeah. that's what's great about having kids and families is that you, you – you, can, you put yourself in, in that position as well because like, you, now you're in that sort of godlike position in the home and the baby looks to you that way and you can kind of put yourself in that same position with God.
0: It really does make you stop to think because the parallels just go on and on and you want to make sure that you're setting the best example possible uh, for them to follow, which of course we have the perfect example to follow as well. We just try to live up to that. One thing that's always uh, unnerving when you uh,
1: have a child, and you probably experience this at some point, <clears throat> when they get moving around a little more, uh, you wake up in the middle of the night, and they're standing next to your bed, eye level, <laughs> staring directly at you. <laughs>
0: right. And uh, can I help you? With Is there something you need? <laughs> just standing, just staring. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that, just because um, it just shows how much they love being around their parents at a younger age, which as they get older, they might not enjoy that quite so much. So right. I'm just trying to remember to appreciate how, how dependent she is on us right now. Yeah, it changes quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to talk for the rest
1: of today's program about uh, making the most of your time, uh, looking a little bit at the, one article from PCOG's website, PCOG.org, a lot of great write-ups there about uh, Christian living topics. And then also there's some other points bring, we're going to bring in from another uh, source, just some uh, more, more practical points. But the overview here uh, is from an uh, article, Seize the Hour, It Won't Last Forever. Uh, and it says the inspiring reason why you need to make the most of your time. And uh, it starts by bringing out uh, scripture in Isaiah 57.1 that bluntly says the righteous perish. So uh, even people that are living the right way, righteously, still die. <laughs> Physical bodies are uh, called tabernacles, temporary dwellings, and we have a limited amount of time, which, you know, it's always interesting to think about the pre-flood, you know, when people uh, had more time lots of time actually when you know compared to us today you know what are you going to do with a you know 800 years <laughs> and then you read some of the accounts and you know the genealogies somebody lived for 800 years or longer and then somebody lived for 160 or something and you think man what happened
0: there you know you you expected to live another 500 years <laughs> well yeah the the false immortal soul doctrine is pretty prevalent today but even back before the flood it was almost like they did live forever just because you you go a whole millennia all by yourself i mean that's that's at least ten times longer than people live now, if not more than that. Uh, but then, but then God realized how how much we could do in that amount of time that might take us away from Him. Yeah, the, unfortunately, the time
1: was used not for good purposes. Uh, spirit life, though, on the other hand, is eternal. And uh, verse fifteen there of uh, Isaiah fifty-seven talks about God as the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity. So you have this this comparison and this contrast here between eternal life and then this physical life and it's hard humanly we don't understand i think we can understand maybe living forever forward you know that that seems to make sense but always existing that's where it gets a little the brain starts to wobble a little bit <laughs> like i can't understand that principle but uh and just the fact even that god created time you know what what is there if there's not time those are those are some of those uh late night thoughts that roll through your head and <laughs> it's hard to uh hard to understand that you know because we're just so bound to time humanly we think about time all the time we have a limited number amount of time and yet here's god who inhabits eternity he's not not uh, held or bound by time
0: yeah god and the word existed forever and not only can we not think of we can't even comprehend how they've existed without a starting point but they existed forever without anything else in existence either (laughs) like the whole universe had to be created at some point so they were existing but where exactly like we can't even we can't even figure out any of that i mean that's just so f- far beyond our scope of comprehension uh but then finally time had to be created because we are finite physical beings we have a beginning we have uh, an end that uh had to be created it had to be devised that way because that's actually very different from the creators themselves yeah
1: as this, as this article points out Looking at different scriptures, just the fact, though, that the inspiring fact is that when you look at God and inhabiting eternity, uh, that tells us what life will be like for us very soon. I mean, the Bible is full of that. People wonder, well, what happens when I die? Do I—what happens? And there's a lot of thoughts out there, but the the Bible is pretty clear on what happens, and you can learn more about that in The Incredible Human Potential. It's a free book at thetrumpet.com. But uh, this uh, article quotes then uh, Trump editor-in-chief, Gerald Flurry, who wrote, we, Why must we try to grasp these concepts of eternal eternity and then the time we're in today? He says, well, if we are to be eternal God beings, then we have to think about eternity. You have to have God's perspective. God doesn't think about time the way we do. And then Second Peter 3 is referenced there. You know, God doesn't think about it. A thousand years is like a day, you know. For us, a thousand years is like, what, a million years?
0: (laughs) Because it just seems so long. But for him, it's like a day. He doesn't think of time the way we do. Right. He's not limited by it in any way. And yet, he makes that pretty much the entirety of our lives. I mean, we have every single day, we have a schedule that we have to keep to. We have to sleep a certain amount of hours at night. Every week, there's another Sabbath day that comes around where we try to draw closer to him. Uh, It's just we have... Constant milestones, and they're all revolving around physical time, which, again, God is just totally unrestrained by that. We can't even really understand that. You know, yeah, when
1: you look at Christ's example when he was on this earth, I mean, here's a being that is eternal and then becomes human. and so he. But he was always pointing people to that eternity, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. Because all the other things, uh, they pass, they perish, they go away. The Bible talks about that in so many different passages, but the focus was on preparing for this eternal future, and that's what that's what uh, really this article gets to is you know thinking about time, and yeah, we understand that we have a limited amount of time, but what we do with our time today is preparing us to have all the time there is <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we have to put the focus and the attention uh today is like just like Christ said, seeking the uh the kingdom first. Um, and so for the, for the, uh, remainder of this, I wanted to look at just seven tips for effective time management because we are physical today and we do have to deal with time. And, uh, what do we do with that time? How do we use it effectively in preparation for the future? And that's the exciting part It's it's preparation for something. It's not, well, I've only got so many years and I peak at, you know, 35, whatever it is, (laughs) and then it's all downhill and that's it no matter what age, we're constantly preparing for a greater future if we're using our time effectively.
0: Yeah, there's quite an interesting paradox there how at some point we'll be unrestrained by time entirely, but in the meantime, until that happens, uh, the Bible actually tells us to seize the hour, redeem the time, literally count down the moments until Jesus Christ returns. Uh, It's it's totally different. We have to use the time the right way until time is no longer an issue, basically. Yeah, and you can imagine how... Easy it would be in our current
1: you know state and, and as a human to uh, waste time if if there was no limit on it I mean there is a limit and we still waste it sometimes but if if there was no limit then we'd think oh so what I'll get to it later or I'll uh, we we would just be not interested like we should be in in seeking these things of God and so the fact that there is a limited time it is good even though it can feel like it's we wish we had more time. Uh, it's good to have those limits because it forces us to focus on what's important.
0: Yeah, and that's another way that we're different from God and Jesus Christ because forever they have never wasted even a second of time. Uh, We tend to waste quite a lot of it unless we have the right focus and the right purpose in our daily lives. Uh, So you can just see all the pre-planning that went into us being created and, and knowing that we needed some sort of a limit, some sort of, Added urgency so that we would actually use time the right way. Yeah, here are seven tips for effective uh, time management, and uh, I think they're they're pretty good ones.
1: Uh, number one, it says is to know your goals, which which actually ties exactly in with what we're saying about you know seeking the kingdom first. It says make sure you're engaging in activities that uh, support your goals, both short and long term. Everything else is a potential time waster. Your daily plan should revolve around working on tasks and activities that directly relate to uh, what your ultimate goal is, you know, and, and put in as much time as you can into that. Now, of course, we we have, you know, a work day, and there's there's other things that have to be done. We don't just, uh, you know, Christ was talking about giving a lot of examples, too, about how to pray and do all of those things, which are important. Set the example starting early in the day with those things and put good time into it, uh, even though obviously then other things come up in the day but it's really about, uh, number one, knowing your goals or else you can spend a lot of time doing things that really don't help you reach your ultimate goal.
0: Right. And true Christians should have that ultimate goal of seeking God's kingdom first above all else, which applies to spiritual time, putting prayer and study ahead of other pursuits or distractions, even at work, just producing as much as we can, knowing that that's helping us develop character for the future and also develop skills that we could possibly use forever. I mean, it is amazing how if you look in every aspect of life, your goals for each each aspect can actually relate to that ultimate goal.
1: The second point
0: they give for managing
1: your time effectively is to prioritize wisely. And uh, they say, you, you know, you can write down three or four important and urgent tasks that must be addressed that day. And as you complete each one, check it off your list. Some people like lists. Other people just... Keep it in their head, I guess. <laughs> but they say this provides you with a sense of accomplishment and can motivate you to tackle uh, less essential items uh, as you go through the day. But there was, uh, oh, it was a really good Trump daily program a while ago, and it's probably been written up too. But we, and we've talked about it where, you know, if you look think of your day as a jar and the things you're going to do as rocks, you want to put the big rocks in first. You want to get the important things taken care of first. You want to prioritize those because then there's plenty of room for the little pebbles to fall around it but if you throw the pebbles in first and the big rocks don't quite fit in there you
0: run out of time yeah and we've we've experienced it sometimes where uh if we do get up early enough when we get the priorities taken care of whether it's spiritual physical mental and then at the end of the work day all those things are already done then you all of a sudden have like four or five hours to you know pursue a hobby or a talent spend time with family do do something uh you know like a fun enjoyment and that, and that's it feels great to do it at that time because you've already taken care of everything else and even even talking about that point about writing down a list I got a, a whiteboard in my office recently and it's amazing like if you just write down like number one number two number three number four and then just have these priorities listed the most satisfying thing is just being able to put a check mark at the end of each one to actually physically write that thing down instead of doing it in my head makes a pretty big difference Yeah, that's something I think we
1: all learn when we go through school at some level. Like, you know, you've got to start writing down what you
0: have to do or else it's easy to forget about the assignment that you have because
1: you you focus on other
0: things. Yeah, and teachers only tolerate that for so long. Uh, By the time we get up to like sixth or seventh grade, teachers are like, okay, you know, I told you this one already. Time time to start writing these things down. Time to write it down. Third way they say a good point to managing time is to just
1: say no. You're the boss <laughs> they say if you if you have to decline a request in order to attend to what's truly important and urgent then then you should and that comes up sometimes. We might have more demands on our time than we have time for, and sometimes you do have to say no to things and nobody well, I don't know some people don't like doing that, others seem to <laughs> not mind so much but but it there are times to just say no i i can't do this now because i do have to prioritize and get something else done and and we all face that so we have to be able to say no to the at the right times
0: yeah that's true and and there there's definitely a delicate balance there like you mentioned because uh it can be easy to just say yes to everything but you know while helping others or you know sacrificing our time to help other people if we are not doing the important things to put god first he's not going to end up blessing us despite us doing all those nice things. And at the same time, uh, you want to be able to say yes to certain things because those are, those are opportunities to develop relationships by serving or just by going out with someone who wants to spend time with you. You don't always want to say no just because when, when, do you, when will that opportunity actually come around again? Yeah, it takes wisdom to know because
1: sometimes it's easy to also get into that mode and say, "Well, I'm not going to do this thing because I have other things that are more important." Yeah. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know, you really have to use some wisdom, or maybe you could do it and you just don't want to. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to you yeah, got to use wisdom with that. A few other points here: uh, plan ahead. Uh, you you do have to set a schedule out. Uh, a lot of times, or else it's easy for time to just whittle away. Uh, you know, weekends are kind of can be that way. You know, Sunday morning if you don't have a lot scheduled, it's easy to all of a sudden say, what time is it? <laughs> which sometimes is okay, but if you want to manage the time, sometimes you have to plan ahead. Also say eliminate distractions, which is very important. Um, th- that's probably one of the biggest ones for our day and age. You know, Your cell phone's dinging at you, and whatever else you got going on is going on, and uh, it's easy to be distracted from, from the things you need to get done with uh, that amount of time.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty important sometimes to just get out of the same room as the TV, the computer, the phone, the laptop, uh, the tablet. Just go in a different room if you really need to get something done, and, and that way you don't even have the distraction in the background.
1: Yeah, some people pay pretty good money to go to basically just like a minimalist cabin in the middle of the woods <laughs> yeah. to detox,
0: uh, and uh, <laughs>
1: it's expensive, and it's not even that nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Just to get away from everything.
0: Yeah, just get a family member to enforce it if you have to. Just Just be like, you know, son just take my phone for a while don't look at it but just don't give it back to me until i'm done <laughs> yeah hide it from yourself uh they say uh, sometimes you have to
1: delegate things depending on your situation maybe you can't do it all and and you can have somebody else help you out and then finally the they say take care of yourself which is true you have to have plenty of time for enough sleep proper exercise those things because it's easy to look at time and say oh there's not enough time here I, I you know i can't waste time sleeping well you won't be effective unless you get a good night's sleep so make sure we take care of the physical uh, tabernacle its temporary but um take care of the body and the mind because uh, that's what we're working with right now
0: yeah otherwise you you might get 2 hours less sleep but then you have to work for several more hours just to achieve what you should have already gotten done in the regular amount of time yeah it's uh it's uh easy
1: to make that mistake and then uh, try to be catching up and just be too tired to do it uh the write up the, the entire write up uh is seize the hour it won't last forever you can find that at pcog Org. That's all the time we have for today on Trumpet Radio Live. Make sure you listen for the Key of David program on the Trumpet Daily Radio Show and the Trumpet Hour as well. That's coming your way here today. For Grant Turgeon and myself, Dwight Falk, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: You're listening to Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG.